welcome to episode 23 of The Naughty Step, a parenting podcast for parenting people, starring journalist, author, and a man who is once described as, well, quite funny in person, Stuart Heritage. And writer, kind of author, woman who is scared of looking at her own husband's toenails, Robin Wilder. If you haven't heard this before, we are married, we're parents, and for the next 25 minutes we're going to swear at you about it. Today on the show, we review The Sleep Book by Dr Seuss. Will it contain any wrapping? Plus, we field all manner of questions about having children from people who don't have children. What a nightmare that's going to be. I know. I was <laughs> so looking forward to Why it. Why did you have that idea? Uh, because people who don't have children also listen to this podcast, despite us constantly explaining that it is a parenting podcast for parenting people. And it's actually illegal, uh, if you don't have children, for you to listen to this. Illegal? Yeah. What's it punishable by? Uh, death. Um, Shit. I know. So those of you who don't have children who are listening to this, uh, what he- heroes you are. Heroes? Yeah, you're brave. Oh. You're like in the days of Radio Caroline. Is it Radio Caroline? Have we had this conversation before? No. I'm having incredible deja vu. Whoa. I also had deja vu this morning because I looked at some saucepans in the cupboard. <coughs> my dreams, I think, <laughs> I think my dreams are the most interesting dreams that anyone's ever had. I once had a dream that I was sorting out kitchen towels in a drawer. But I also have dreams that I've left kittens in a drawer for days and then suddenly remembered that there are kittens in the drawer. Were they dead? Uh, The whole dream is me inching towards the drawers going, they're dead, aren't they? They're gone. Oh, God. They're going to be dead. So you didn't actually get to see the dead? No. What a frustrating anticlimax. That's what you're taking from this, that I have an anxiety dream that's just full of dread, but the... the, Oh, yeah, because it's baseless dread, right? So for you, it would have been more worthwhile if you'd opened it Open the drawer and gone, hey, money shop, an yeah. array of dead kittens. Yes, exactly, exactly. And you would money have woken shop. up. Money shop. You would have woken up and gone, oh, man, at least, at least, least I, I saw some dead see, kittens. Yeah, at least I got to see the dead kittens. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Heritage, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. A bit tired. Heavy woke up at quarter to five this morning. This heat's not good for the old sleep, is it? No. For the kids' sleep. It ain't. Or for the, for the me sleep. No. You insist on having a fan on in our bedroom, which is the sound, makes the sound of a jet engine taking off. Have you heard of these things? They are called plugs. Yes, I have, because you also snore very loudly. And I went through, when, we, when we first got together, my concession to this relationship was I bought a ton of earplugs, but they're really uncomfortable. And sometimes they fall out of your ear. I bought like these waxy ball ones that you could mould into shapes. Oh, yeah. And that sometimes they'd fall off and go hard, and I'd find them sort of at the bottom of the bed sometimes. Your life is the worst. Don't detract. I will detract. I'm detracting from your misery like a motherfucker. Do you know why? No. You told me to put the fan on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I need to provide some sort of counterpoint to the constant talk about toenails and earplugs. You brought up earplugs. You brought up the fan. And the toenails are very important to me. Did you tell all our listeners about that? No, I'm not, because it's disgusting. You can hear it, because you're my wife, and you entered into a (laughs) verbal contract (laughs) that you have to listen to. Do you? Do not. Here's a question. Do you remember our vows? No. No, No. me neither. But, I mean, I'm sure they're pretty... They were, like, basic boilerplate wedding vows, right? Yeah. Hello. 
I don't think. So we I think hello. I think we should repeat them think, now. No, we, no okay. Come on, let's hello. do you our vows. Come on, if you love me, come on. All right. So hello. No, you don't. Yes. Once again, you don't say hello at a wedding. We did a civil it, ceremony. I think you legally you have to say hello. You don't have to be that civil. You don't have to do a formal. <laughs> Good date. morning. Oh God. Uh, no, I honestly can't remember. It was like just the normal, nothing about God. Right. So, I marry you from this day. Uh, my name's Robin. Yeah, please be nice. Yep. Uh, we are entering into a legally binding arrangement uh, for all the right reasons. You go. Your, your vows. Hi. <laughs> well, nowhere does it say a greeting. Oh, come on. Let's just go with the podcast. That does as a vow, I think. <laughs> hey, Robin. Oh, yeah? What are we talking about today? Today, we're taking questions from... The Child Free! The Child Free? So you put out a thing asking for the uh, without children. Yeah, the, ch- the children not... Absent. The children absent. <laughs> The children without. The children unburdened. Yes. To uh, uh, ask questions about to us about what we think about kids. Because some people who are child... Uh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this podcast. I'm tiptoeing around the word child-free because I don't know if it applies to everybody. Uh, yeah. People get very worked up about one word. Yes. Anyway, so we were going to do this because uh, one of our friends was going to be on the podcast... Catherine Cartwright, but she came here and it was late and the car broke down or there was traffic or something and she got here late and we decided we'd rather have a nice time than sit in a room talking to each other. Yes, on a really hot day, just speaking into a microphone. Yeah, we thought we'd rather have a nice time. Sorry, listeners, yeah. is that illegal? We have some rose chicken. We don't owe you. Like, this takes time out of our week to do this for you. We don't want to waste more time talking, bringing other people into it. But we will introduce you to the concept of Catherine. Yeah, Catherine's nice. Uh, she's on Twitter at Catherine in Stereo. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N in Stereo. Yes. Um, and she's an Anthony Nolan Young ambassador. Um, and her website is CatherineTransplants.com. Which is very nice. And she's great. She has rainbow hair. She knits presents for us. Yeah, she knitted Herbie a minion. And she knitted Ned a panda. And, and, they and us a lovely... F- throw it's a it's a beautiful blanket of made of hexagons that she made us which we had which we had to admire and then immediately hide yeah in case our children stole it destroyed it okay question number one from Catherine: what disgusting thing have you done for your child yeah what's the most disgusting thing what do you think is the most disgusting thing i don't know i'm quite into snot at the moment like picking out snot describe that's to not, me how this happens super disgusting well like, our kids were ill and like when Herbie was a baby. I found it very difficult to deal with snot. I had one of those suckers things that where you like you squeeze a thing and it blows all the snot into a chamber. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't. I just couldn't deal with that. I used to like pretending that was an alien and I was getting it out the airlock. Ah, now it's just fingers all the way. Fingers. They, they get snotty. I can dig. Herbie has inherited your nose, so I can get a full finger up there and rummage around. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Ned is more difficult, and he's wised up to me now, so he knows when my finger's coming for his nose. He's good at whipping the old head he away, isn't it? it? Yeah. Moves his hands, moves his head, screams, but I can get in there and I can dig out 
sometimes it's like picking sunburn. That's what it's like. I find it very satisfying. So That's the, what... the biggest sheet of dead skin you can pull off your arm is the most satisfying thing in the world. And I have projected that onto my children's uh, bogies. <laughs> right, she has another question. Uh, what crimes are your children going to commit in the future? This is brilliant. I love this. Answer. I think Ned is going to commit a string of crimes, but he'll never be done for them. He's going to be down the pub, confidence trickster, dimple, but a bit of a, a, a lovable rogue. Okay. I think he's going to be like swindling people out of watches and oh, VCRs. Oh, no, he's not. He's too innocent for that. He's love. He's he, lovely. He wouldn't swindle. He's, he's a good boy. He wouldn't do that. So he's going to commit no crimes. No, he will, but there'll be uh, like, actually, like, you know, like Mr. Bean, maybe. He'll, 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 you know, create a sequence of events that ends in the destruction of a building. What? Or? Yeah. What about Herbie? Herbie's going to commit art fraud. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he's, he's smart enough to. Yes, he's smart and artistic, uh, and he likes to get away with stuff. Yeah. And he looks at you, like, from under his eyelashes when he thinks he's got away with something. He's already naughty. Mm. He's quite arty. Art fraud. Great. Please, you didn't say rape. Why would I say rape? What are the other questions we've received? Why would I say rape? I don't know. About our children. They might grab too pissed. Oh. Okie dokie. Hannah, who is at underscore Hannah Ballard, and she has a B next to her name instead of a tick. Uh Uh-huh. On Twitter. (laughs) Doesn't work. That's what um, um, Julian Sanders does. (laughs) It's <laughs> a little. He makes he, he his own a, tip. He has a little blue diamond because oh, he won't get verified. Stupid. You're just as bad as that, Hannah. Yeah, you're, you're Julian Assange. Yeah. It's better than being Elon Musk. Who you on. just wrote a thing about like three weeks ago and saying he's, he's an amazing man. He's no, an amazing man. And he's, he's calling he... people paedophiles on Twitter. <laughs> he's calling heroes paedophiles on Twitter. That said, he uh, is a space entrepreneur. But yeah, he did call people paedophiles on Twitter, and uh, and. Just because of his little submarine. He didn't get to use his submarine. Anyway, sorry. Please don't. Uh, I don't mind if you call me a paedophile, Elon Musk, but please don't sue me because I've got no money. But you can give me some money. If How about that? If he calls you a paedophile, you could sue him. and then you Call me a paedophile, Elon Musk. I dare you. So anyway, Hannah asked. Yeah. What do you wish you'd done more or less of before children? Oh, okay. Travel. Travel, really? Oh, yeah. That was quick. What What do you wish? What? I just wish, like, when we uh, were courting, we went to Sweden. Yes. Went to Vienna. Oh, went to loads of different places. And uh, sort of and on a whim. Yeah. A lot of the time. Uh, so, yeah, I wish I'd done more of that. Now to the shitty comment. And I just want to oh, say... Oh, this fucking... Fuckface person who does not follow us. She doesn't follow any of us. She doesn't follow anything. I have a feeling she has a tweet deck column with child free, yeah, childless on it. So she asked, and I, I don't want to go into this, but I do want to mention them because if anybody asks you these questions, we have something to, for you to say. The first is how do parents explain hashtag overpopulation <laughs> to their kids? To numerical idiot. Honey, the act of having you will kill you eventually. It was more important to feed my ego by having a mini-me and keeping up with the Joneses than it was to prevent you suffering from an overcrowded planet. What about science? <laughs> well, first of all, probably probably wouldn't talk to my three-year-old that way. Secondly, having kids does not affect climate change that much. 
There was a recent article, it was published six days ago, by the American economist Lyman Stone. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. I don't normally do this, uh, but just in case somebody asks you why you're contributing to climate change by having kids, Lyman Stone points out that having babies is the smallest contributor to climate change of all things. There's a study that shows that if fertility rates per capita go down, they act, that actually increase, increases GDP, gross uh, domestic product, which in turn contributes significantly to climate change. So by not having babies, because you think you're killing the planet, you might actually be killing the planet a little bit faster and not producing people to help solve it. So today on Bedroom Book Club, Bedtime Book Club. Bedside Book Club. Bedside, bed, 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 Book Club. <laughs> bed, Bed, Book, Book, Club Club. <laughs> <laughs> so then, bed, bed, book, book. We are talking about. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the theme here. A book that I slagged off two weeks ago. <laughs> I am going to talk about Dr. Seuss's sleep book, tucked away in a small county in the middle of nowhere. A bug yawns. Little by little, that yawn spreads. His friends yawn. Other creatures yawn. Thousands of people start yawning and getting ready for sleep, all triggered by this one yawn by Van Vleck, the bug. His name is Van Vleck. Dr. Seuss's Sleep Book was published by Random House Books for Young Readers in 1991 and has an Amazon page rank of (laughs) 1,922,569. Should we see if we can change that with this review? We should. That is minuscule. It is... Worse than my books do. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um, it's not one of his best known books. It's not The Cat in the Hat. It's not um, Green Eggs and Ham. It's not, you know, Oh, the Places You'll Go. It's not one of Dr. Seuss's most famous books. I bought it for Harry because it's a sleep book. And I thought, hey, that will help him go to sleep. It's yes. a book about sleep. If I read it to him, it will go to sleep. Um, I really, really took against it. Yes, he did. Yes. As On a podcast. regular listeners will remember, because it is unnecessarily long. It is inc- so, so, so long. It takes me about nearly 20 minutes to read it. Yeah. I've only read it to him a couple of times, and just the the kind of weight that settles on your chest when you turn a page and there's just like a dense yeah. thing of text. You're like, oh, okay, then. Let's get through it. <laughs> Um, and also, what I didn't like, it did that sort of that nonsense rhyming thing that I disliked, where they'd just say, oh, what's this over here? It's a funny creature, his name is Blue Blear. And yeah. you know, they're just, I can't think of a way to end this rhyme, I'll just make up a noise. So that I didn't like. Yes. Um, another thing I didn't like is that because of the rapping video for There's a Wocket in My Pocket. Yeah. Um, Herbie, when he sees a Dr. Seuss book, he assumes that they must all be performed to him. <laughs> what book is this? Dr. Seuss's sleep book. Can you sing that? I'm not singing it. Yeah. I'm not. But um, I've, I've, I'm growing to love it. I'm really growing to become very fond of this book because it is, in terms of rhyming scheme, it's very clever and very tight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, like, every syllable counts. It doesn't, sometimes with a Julia Donaldson book, there'd be a stray syllable that you have oh, to sort of just skip over. Yeah. Or, like, stretch out. But this is very precise. This is why you can rap to Dr. Seuss, because it's very precise in its... Uh... Thanks, Dr. Dre. 
in its syntax. Don't point at me and say the word rap and then <laughs> no, do not expect me to return say um, something about Another thing I like about it, the the creatures' names I'm growing to like. I've, I've come up with a theory. Tell me about the creatures' names. So, you know, there's like, oh, look, uh, who lives under the stairs? It's blah, 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 the stairs, 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 where you just make up a name. Right. I, I used to think that's lazy. I've come up with a theory, which is, you know, in sort of, when you're watching films, it's a bad thing when coincidence gets you out of a problem in a film. Yes, right? deus ex Yeah, but it's more forgivable if a coincidence gets you into a problem. Yes. I feel the same way about that. It's a bad thing if you end a rhyme with a made-up word that yes. hasn't been introduced before. Right. But you can stick it into... You can make up with funny words and just hide them within the text. Right. You don't rely on them to complete your rhymes. And he does that very well. And you're developing uh, more respect for him as a result. As a result, yes. So the Biffa bum birds for example. Yes. Biffa Bum doesn't rhyme with anything yet. So I agree with that. The uh, Farfoodle, the town of Farfoodle, again, doesn't rhyme with anything. I quite like it. Zizazoof Seeds doesn't rhyme with anything. I like it when they do that. That It's world building. This is such a thesis. Yeah, it is a thesis. I've given this an awful lot of thought. Yeah. Oh, and in my head I've sort of, I've compiled an edited version of the book. I know exactly (laughs) the pages I'd take out. Part of me feels like I could get a scalpel Remove some pages and it would be a much better book. Do you know no what one think... needs to know about the oft, the floating oft. <laughs> this is a hashtag thread. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that means. You could go into forensic detail about this. Yeah, yeah. I, could, but I like, you know, I like the Funa Laguna Babuna. I really like the Funa Laguna Babuna. So just Herbie. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, I get rid of the fucking the snoring people with their heads in their buckets. That's weird, yeah. Yeah. But... Once you remove the extraneous from Dr. Seuss's sleep book, it's a lovely story and it's really well paced. So it starts off like quite energetic and then it sort of gradually, two thirds of the way and it sort of slows down. Yeah. So in my mind, because there's a, there's a book out at the moment called The Rabbit Who Fell Asleep or The okay. Rabbit Who Had to Fall Asleep and it's written in a cadence where you kind of hypnotise your kids to mm. sleep and you have to read it out in a certain way. But it was a big craze among parents okay. uh, relatively recently and there's a, there's, a, there's one you can listen to. But I think this is what... That's a rip-off. It's a rip-off of the sleep. It's book. not a rip-off because it's written in a really specific... Like, you have to pronounce words in oh, a certain way. I can't be able to pronounce words. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's... A rip-off. A similar idea. Okay. Whereby uh, the, the rhythm slows down yeah. a bit so that you start to feel sleepy. And it gets really, I mean, it gets quite frantic. There's this whole page about a moose and a goose who drink moose goose and juice goose. Yeah. And it gets very complicated and it's like a sort of an episode of Some Mothers Do Have and it's like moose and a goose and juice and moose and a goose and juice and juice, <laughs> goose, moose, goose, goose. And, that, and then after that it slows down. And as it starts to slow down I can really feel Herbie starting to tire out. Really? It's incredible. All day they've raced around in the heat at top speeds unsuccessfully trying to sell Zizazoof seeds, which nobody wants because nobody needs. And then from there, it just sort of it drifts off and almost without fail, by the time we end the book, Herbie is sort of sedated. When you put out your light, then the number will be 
Nine trillion and three. I like it. It's one of my favourites. I wish it was shorter though, because it's fucking killing me. <laughs> Should we score it out of ten? Yes. Okay. One, two, three, Six. nine. What the fuck? It's really long. It's but it's nice. It's Six. Not, yeah. But, if it helps, I would like to score your thesis if you submitted that to me as part of a, a degree, mm-hmm. bachelor's degree, probably arts, I'd say. 2-2. Two, 2-1. Two. Two, oh, I've done better at this thesis <laughs> than I did at my actual thesis. <laughs> Lucky me. Stuart. What? We don't have any new reviews on iTunes. We don't? I'm so sad. Oh, what can people do? I don't know. I can't figure it out because I'm just a feeble woman. Maybe our listeners can figure out how to make me happy again. I have to live with this. Please leave us an iTunes review so my life will be better. Also, please can I have a million pounds? Thanks. Oh, Nancy, you've pushed it too much. That's episode 23. With that... Amateur dramatic performance. <laughs> I studied drama. Ah, episode 23 is finished. Uh, it was an alright one. It was alright. Come and have a look at us on Twitter. We're at, at Naughty Step Pod. Yes, uh, and Instagram, where I put one thing up a week. And no one likes it. <laughs> because it's a badly maintained account. <laughs> We're busy people. Yeah. Goodbye. Get some sleep. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.